2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Take Caps. My name is Davis Matic. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Davis Matic. In this episode of the show, I'm joined by my good friend, Brian Hooper. To chew the fat, we began by talking about the recent price spike in Bitcoin cryptocurrency. Used that as a launching off point. Ended up sort of discussing man's search for meaning and how you can find that when a lot of what you're involved in is uh, staring at the computer, staring at your iPhone all day and just sort of... All of the vigorous contextualities that go into that. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed. it. I always like talking to Brian. Uh, if you like the show, you can get bonus episodes on patreon.com slash You can tell a friend about the show. That's always useful. That's always helpful. Or you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, guys. Welcoming back into the program, one Mister Brian Hooper. Honestly, probably the number one most recurring guest. It's 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 between uh, you, Blender, and and Pat. Probably are the most uh, the most recurring yeah. guests at this point. All people that I like to talk to for uh for different reasons. But it's been a while, and uh, I didn't really feel like talking about football this week. So uh maybe we can talk a little bit of fantasy stuff later but but really I I just got to start here which is that there are there are rumblings there are murmurs that crypto might be back that we might actually just do this whole cycle again you know Solana I I think is trading at like $70 right now Bitcoin was at 4500 ETH I I don't even know but I know that it's back up um yeah, we're we're just gonna do it all again. Except instead of JPEGs this time, it's just it's just shit coins. I think is is the vibe I'm getting.
3: Well, I mean, Bitcoin was the first mover, wasn't it? Like in this little bull run we've had, kind of always is. Yeah, I I I called the top already. Um, I didn't tell you this, but I I had a buddy text me. What's the difference between a a Bitcoin stock and Bitcoin? And so I immediately told my brother, Thompson, here's the proof. Here's the evidence.
2: <laughs> I had I had uh I had two, you know, normal people, people who are not super online, people who are not uh, people who don't know what Solana is, people who've never owned an NFT, text me about Bitcoin's price over the last two weeks. And that that generally, um, that's sort of generally your top signal. What what crypto Twitter says the the top signal is is when Coinbase is the most downloaded app in the app store that that generally is i i remember what was it 2016 thanksgiving 2017 thanksgiving where all the top five apps in the app store were all crypto related even google authenticator was uh, was one of the top five apps which you have to use to log in uh to all this shit and uh i don't i don't know if that holds true as much anymore because it feels like everyone who is gonna buy crypto probably already has at some point it's just they they sold for a loss at at a given point I don't
3: think anyone does. I, I swear to God, you know, this might just be because I I can't
2: figure out why, why, what moves the price at all. And so I'm just projecting. No one, no one's ever given me a straight answer, what they think moves the price of Bitcoin.
3: Some like Jam. it seems like JMO makes a ton of money trading crypto. It seems like some people know what they're doing, right? Like, so, I mean, uh, m- m- maybe there is people who can, I can't figure it out. Like, I always thought it should be decoupled from the stock market. Would be a big
2: first step. There's been like five days in history where crypto <clears> has been decoupled from the S and P 500. It's the, like it's ever. The
3: first thing I do when we go on a run, I go, okay, now let's see if we're finally decoupling. Like, nope, stock went. I don't know if you noticed during this this one, gold. Did you see gold went up? To yeah, over yeah, because people.
2: People on my timeline always bring up Peter Schiff tweets, right? Because because every time Bitcoin will run up, gold will run up, and Peter Schiff will explain how you're actually dumb for not just uh, for not just having gold.
3: Right, right, right. I mean, but I mean that was I mean that was a big for gold. It went from like 1900 or something to 2100. That's a you know huge jump for such a stable commodity. So, uh, but my point being, like, none of this makes any sense. I mean, uh, you know, another one with the big, you know, with us Bitcoiners is the, the, the federal debt. We're, we're now at uh, $1 trillion per quarter in additional debt added to our current debt because of, you know, the unpaid liabilities, the, the interest you have to pay on the debt to service the debt. $1 trillion <laughs> per quarter, which, by the way, will go up if we don't bring it down. And so... Like I mean, we're we have all the like ingredients that we predicted in 2010 or 11 or 12 to make uh, crypto this you know big thing. I mean, it is a pretty big thing. Like I mean, it's hard not to. It depends.
2: Depends on how you like to look at it. Relatively, right? Like someone who's very anti Bitcoin, anti crypto, just like thinks it's all stupid, could say. This is a bunch of nerds on the internet. It doesn't matter. You can't buy anything with Bitcoin. Whatever, someone like us could say this was invented in, uh, you know, a frustrated eBay transaction guy's basement in two thousand and seven, and now it is a, you know, scaled to be like roughly a trillion dollar asset if you add everything up. So, real, real, real matter of perspective there.
3: Yeah, a little bit too ideological, like from for from my point of view. Uh, which is something I try to keep myself on on in check is like you know like take the take the W kind of you know uh, mindset where it's like if we had Bitcoin, uh, let's say Bitcoin was like near the central currency of the world, but like you trade it on your credit card. Visa or something like, is that still not a huge W that we get the spending, you know, under control and they can't just print money and you still have this, you know, reliable savings uh, mechanism that can't be it changed like wouldn't it but like from an ideologue they'd be like no like you can't like everything has to be in bitcoin or else it's not it's not what the original plan was and it's like so like i think like not even the lightning network but any any layer on top of that that makes bitcoin easy to trade but you still hold your bitcoin like who cares that's like a good i think that's a great uh that would be a great like uh, status quo not that we we're anywhere near that but that would be cool
2: I haven't. Uh, I actually, that's kind of like a new idea to me. It's like, okay, so let's say Bitcoin is this you know, global reserve, or, or not even a global reserve, but just an accepted means of saving value, right? So you you transition your time into currency. That currency is Bitcoin. But would it make it um, if it just ended up functioning the same way as U.S. dollars or? francs or euros or whatever where you're you're doing transactions on like a credit card is a layer two right i mean that that really like if you want to look at things in that term uh it's a it's a layer two right is a it's a separate chain that is then transcribed onto the main chain via you know a series of like permutations yeah i i think I mean, a, a real Bitcoiner would say, like, you can't, you can't do that, right? right. That 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 doesn't that doesn't count. Uh, I mean a lot of Bitcoiners are are anti-Lightning. Well, it's sort of weird. It depends on on which segment of like Bitcoin culture you're in. Some people are are pro-Lightning and they're real laser eye, steak eating Bitcoiners. And then, you know, you have you have the crypto maxis who like own Bitcoin, but are also like think lightning's silly because it's existed for five years and it's not serious. You can't, you can't do it's a it's a relatively small chain. Like no nothing in crypto has dominated the conversation and then produced nothing the way Lightning has. Sure. And like
3: if it worked like a credit card company, like all a credit card company is is just an agreement between you and some private business. I mean they're not totally private, but let's leave that aside for a second. And then they then they, they bank your credit score if you don't pay them, right? Like they don't even verify you have funds in your bank account. So they don't even need to see your bank account. So like if it, if it worked anywhere near that, like that's a pretty good solution uh, to transaction fees and all sorts of things. And, and like not everything has to be uh, completely decentralized. I just think, I think like the Bitcoin kind of dissident anti-regime i think they're all kind of merging uh somewhat ideologically and like they can't like take a w like there's always a boogeyman behind the door or something like uh, i don't know i've just been thinking about this lately like with like argentina's new president javier malay or uh,
2: yeah the guy who looks it,
3: exactly like uh bilbo baggins yeah <laughs> yeah he does the uh the um i saw some meme like you could pick your pick your libertarian and it's like he either looks like uh Looks like a, a Muppet, or looks like a dictator. Like those are two choices. Yeah. Um. But uh, like I don't know, like um, Vivek Ramaswamy kind of is is like kind of like trying to get into that uh that
2: world. I think. Well, but that's I'm, I'm- so that's such a, a great grifting angle nowadays. Is for uh, an outsider right wing politician to try and launch onto the disaffected, uh, mostly male audience of people who are like into, into uh, Joe Rogan and Bitcoin. It's like that, that's like, which is not a, a solid enough voting block yet. Cause you need, you need the boomers to vote for you, but in, I don't know, 20 years, maybe. Sure, Yeah, for sure. Especially where the zoomers are going to go is really uh,
3: interesting because I think like the paradigm of the last 70 years, like up until mo- like probably your age has been completely broken. Um, uh, but like th- to finish my point really quick, like you kind of even did it right there is like, um, you know, like, you know, he's a grifter just trying to latch on for votes, which all, all that might be true. And, and Javier Malay, like Javier Malay, like they'll say like people like he's probably a CIA asset, like who cares? Right. You know, uh, you know, but like at a certain point, like if like someone comes in and like, I don't know, like makes Bitcoin legal tender and and gets rid of 75 percent of the debt. Yeah. You have to just, even if he is a CIA asset, like they're saying and doing all the things you want. You know what I mean? Like if, if like at a certain point, you just like, like take the W, even though it's not 100% a Bitcoin maxi world or a whatever, you know, a Liberty bro world. Like you just, somebody to some point you have to go like, okay, maybe, maybe this is, this is pretty good. You know, like it's good enough.
2: I mean, yeah, I I think, I think, Don't let don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Uh, I like so you raise a good point, which is something that uh, that Bitcoin people have had to face, which is that when you start dealing with the rich and powerful in the world, which is what when you have when you're invested in a trillion dollar asset, that's where you get I mean, I don't share shit ideologically with BlackRock, you know, which is this this massive company group, whatever that's trying to get the black, uh, the, the Bitcoin ETF approved. And I mean, that's why people say the price is up. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, like I, I actually am very ideologically opposed to BlackRock. I think BlackRock is terrible, right? They're, they're buying up all these single family homes. They're like a huge reason why we have inflation, right? To, to, to feed the insatiable, uh, appetite of these massive private equity firms is like, kind of why the money printer has to keep going. You know, if, if, People in the Western world were just okay with really. In, do you think investing is immoral? I mean, it's gambling, right? Like that. That really, at the end of the day, that's what it is. And sort of, there's this. Uh, I wouldn't even call it libertarian because I don't think it is. It's more uh, uh, not Rothbard. What's what's the guy? The Austrian. Just- yeah, me, it, the very Meesian thing of being like uh, investing is actually like uh, immoral and we shouldn't force people who like have to work nine to five jobs have to think about investing in asset prices and stuff. It, it it It's immoral that any of that exists that you should have to worry about the future value of your dollars period.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's more like the, like the Misesian thing would, or the people from the Mises caucus really would say like the, the, the policies of the last hundred years of all the gov you know, um, Republican and Democrat governments have turned the American saver into the American gambler because you can't just stick your money in a bank and in a, in a cruise like it did up until the seventies, you know, before we got off the gold standard and it was, it was, you know, and, and just interest in general uh, where it turns it changes people's time preference to where they're more incentivized to spend the money now. And so they want to gamble and make a big return. And so, like, that's the wrongdoing here. Not necessarily investing. I would say though, like morally, we were talking about banks earlier. Fractional reserve banking is probably a little more immoral than investing. I would have to say, like if I had to put um, I'm not but, saying but neither of them. They, should they, be they legal, can't but... be,
2: they can't be um, they can't be divested from one another, right? Fractional reserve banking will require you to do something with your money to keep up at the pace in which new money is created.
3: Um, why would it? Why me? You, you mean the bank or like me, the person who puts my money in the bank? The person who puts their money in the bank. <clears throat> but you're saying, well, I don't Why? I, I would say in, inflation, fra- fractional, would, fractional reserve banking would.
2: Well, maybe I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but the way I'm thinking of it is fractional reserve banking exists because there is not enough, there's not enough dollars to cover everything that needs to be paid for, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. So, so if there's not enough dollars to cover everything that needs to be paid for, that means that there needs to be new dollars created, which means that if you just say, all right, I make $50,000 a year, I'm throwing that cash in the mattress, that that mattress is going to be worth a shit ton less in 10 years. No, well, it, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not understanding
3: you have you have you have i think you have it mostly right but the only reason that they would have to print money is if everyone went and redeemed their money at the same time there wouldn't be any money there so like then in theory the government would bail them out which basically what happened in 2008 to to make the uh the uh bank account holders whole you know was their claim anyways I, i i i seriously doubt we ever get the vast majority of any bailout ever from the government it mostly goes to like, you know, the, the, the banks
2: themselves or yeah, maybe socialize. Children. So privatize the gains, socialize the losses. It's the, uh, it's yeah. the sports book model. And, and so fractional reserve bank is just like, if we,
3: you gave a hundred dollars to the bank, they're required to hold 20 of it, something like that. I can't even remember what it was. And then the other 80, they lend out. And then, so I go there, let's say I want an $80 loan. I take that $80 and then I, and I put it back in the bank. Right, and so I have it to spend on my construction project or whatever, and then they loan out, you know, another sixty plus of that eighty, and on and on and on. So then they then they loan out sixty that. So your your original hundred dollars is loaned out like a thousand different times, right? And that's that's what the right. fractional reserve. Right? So they 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 try to get the most out of every investment. Um uh, I don't think that would force uh, it's alone uh, a person to gamble uh as much nearly as much uh, if at all as inflation inflation is the real cause like that like if you just look at uh, look at food i went to (laughs) dunkin donuts this morning to get a coffee and i got a uh a turkey sandwich it was was a turkey bagel it was five five dollars and 20 cents which is actually kind of cheap like for a turkey. That's bagel. literally
2: the first thought I just had was like, well, I don't know, eight eight bucks for a coffee and a bagel? Like, all right. That's exactly what it was. It was like nine um, dollars. Do
3: you tip? Do you tip at look, Dunkin' Donuts? But you, what's that? You tip at Dunkin' Donuts? Not and then drive through. I never, I never tip. No, it's like you I mean, it's it's like rush hour there. You know, you go in and sure. get out. Don't like sure, sure. Um, but yeah, if I if they had a tip jar there and it was appropriate, I would I would tip at Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I I always,
2: I always tip. I I go in, I I always like walk my dog to the coffee shops around my house. I always tip because I'm like, these people are going to remember me and I'm going to see these people again. Like I want, I want to be, I want, I want a friendly coffee shop. I'm not trying to have a negative experience. I mean, I tip, I was a service worker anyway. Like when I was in college, yeah. so like I I just tip anyway, but like tip 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 a buck on your coffee. Like you're spending six dollars on a fucking iced coffee anyway. Like just it's, tip the extra buck.
3: It's not their fault, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I cannot stand when people are rude to service workers or like the they're upset that their meal was wrong or something. It's like it's not the waitresses or waiters' fault, like. Uh, maybe it, sometimes they get the they get it wrong, but it's like they also have a job they probably fucking hate and like just right. You know, cut them some slack. Um, but what we, what we were we just talking about right before that, I wanted to finish fractional reserve more. banking. Oh, yeah, how much
2: inflation? How much your uh?
3: How much? Oh, oh right, uh, right. The, right. the Dunkin' Donuts, like bagel like was. like th- this is what inflation such bullshit because they don't count. They don't count like what the price would have been. Without inflation, like without
2: inflation. Right. That's how they game. That's how the CPI gets gamed is that the prices don't go back down. You don't. But, and and I want to make it very clear to you, though, which you will not agree with, which is uh-huh. that companies, if inflation really does go down, companies could have the power to decrease prices. But obviously, they never would. Obviously, no company is going to be like, shit, we, bought, we sold the same amount of $5 turkey, bacon, egg, and cheeses uh, as we did the month before, and we raised it a buck we're even if it gets less expensive for us to do x y or z or wages go down or whatever we we're not decreasing the price we sold the same amount for a buck more
3: yeah so like one real quick thing, like i don't think like uh, businesses are benevolent or good right i just think they're they're that most of them as long as it's not in you know using the government to siphon off competition they have to like obey the laws of economics where if there's a com- company right next door that's doing a better job for cheaper. People go there and then they have to, you know, competition. So like, I'm not saying they do it out of the goodness of their heart. And, um, and, and uh, you know, like if there was a better system, I'd be open to hearing it. I just don't really think there is. And also too, like most of these big businesses don't, don't, um, don't lie, uh, you know, under the laws of classical economics, right? They don't work under those. They work under this new, You know, capitalism, is Gene Epstein, the economist calls it, where they're in bed with uh, the politicians and uh, and regulate their competition and 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 so forth. And they get all the bailouts, right, uh, that we just went over and, you know, on and on. on. Everyone knows this stuff like I don't need to don't need to repeat it. But like with the back to the food thing, like. Why was coffee and a turkey sandwich, you know. 10 cents for the coffee and, you know, a nickel, you know, and a quarter for the sandwich in 1950 or whatever the fuck it was, right? Way before we had AI and all these industrial farming equipment and, and knowledge of irrigation and all these things, things I don't know anything about. And this incredible wave of technology that we can mass produce food for everyone in the world, essentially. And everyone's obese, right? Cause we have so much food. Why, but why would, prices skyrocket why wouldn't they be cheaper with all
2: these invasions well a keynesian would say that you actually do want to have a little bit of elasticity in your currency i don't think very many keynesians would would argue inflation in general is actually good inflation above expected parameters but what a keynesian would say is that Deflationary economics sound really good in theory, and they do sound really good in theory, right? You earn a buck, and that buck buys you the same thing today that it does in 20 years, right? That sounds really good. Who's arguing against that? Well, I would tell you the person who would be arguing against that would be your one-year-old child who then has to start trying to earn money in that same circular economy, and they're never able to catch up because all of the wealth has already been so concentrated, right?
3: Sure, right, and because- because being young right now is such a windfall of cheap
2: goods and services and houses. Well, <laughs> relatively speaking, relatively speaking, goods actually are very cheap and services are you know, you they're, could argue they're not
3: cheap, they're not cheaper than they were 20 years ago. Everything's yeah, would, way more I'd have expensive. To, I'd have, education, I'd have to, education education, all the things expensive. that matter, food, education, loans, um uh, houses, housing prices, all the things that renting, renting prices, all the things that matter have skyrocketed. You can, uh, you can, you can buy a lot of cheap crap off Amazon though. But, but, like, even with the Keynesian thing, is like, okay, but like, forget about what the ideal world would be. Maybe they're right. I don't think they are, and I think the reality.
2: Well, I, I think the, the main, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the main argument against Keynes, Keynesian economics is that um, you are, are. Performing a lot of calculations on paper that are just wholly unable to deal with the variables of of the real world, essentially.
3: I mean, you could go to mises.org and read
2: endlessly on why Keynes was wrong. No one, no one go to mises.org. I can't have I can't have the 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 traffic of mises.org being spiked as a result of this. Um, but but like like leaving a lie the uh. uh, uh Aside
3: the argument of you know the Austrians versus the Keynesians, like um seriously, like why, like, why wouldn't why would food not, you know, just as an everyday person, sure, like no one sits and goes, why did grandma pay or great grandma pay 15 cents for coffee and a 50 cents for a sandwich, and I'm paying 10 bucks when I know. Cause they've shown me and I can see on video now, right? Because we have, we've had recordings now for almost a hundred years or whatever of, of the past where they didn't have this before. So you could lie to people and they could go that, well, well, things weren't, they didn't have the technology we have now in farming. Why would all this stuff skyrocket? Like, and like the answer is because they fucked you over.
2: They I guess. I mean, it. I they guess.
3: Spent your I, dollar. They, 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 they killed the value of the dollar by, by printing so much, since 1913, that your dollar is fucking worthless when you when you first earned it in 1950
2: or whatever. I mean, I I agree with you. I I obviously agree with you that the money printing is completely out of control. I now I think there maybe is sort of this misnomer that okay well yeah the people in government they're just doing it like just to print more money and there's been a lot of reasons why money has been printed but so many of them are about keeping the number going up in in the stock market of having to feed that beast and i i feel i i think it is dishonest and disingenuous of Right-leaning people, some people I like, you know, Bitcoiner or people or whatever, to be like, this is this is an evil of the government. Government is why inflation exists. I I think to to not point out that private equity and private capital need that number to go up, and that when that number goes down, life gets worse for people who don't have a fucking cent in the stock market is very unjust. And I I I think it's truly a case of these people who have been very successful at getting everyone to point the finger at, you know, the, the libs, right. Oh, it's all, it's Elizabeth Warren did this to us, you know? And I think I, I'm to some point it's true, but also I think it is all like a good bit disingenuous. Yeah, um, I just, I agree with you because
3: I just kind of put those businesses as part of the big umbrella of government. So like the, I think the, I think Like if you look at the history, I had to do a paper for the treasurer when I worked there on the history of the state stock markets. So like we had stock markets in almost every state, like like Wall Street, like the New York Stock Exchange. There was a Chicago stock exchange. There was a Detroit stock exchange. There was a Hawaiian stock exchange. Like each state had their own. And so like they would use it, like Hawaii would use the proceeds from the Hawaiian Stock Exchange to build the electrical infrastructure on the island and it was used in detroit to help fund the um car manufacturing boom right and so like we had all the and then what they did was over time they started upping the regulations federally the same thing that happens with every every other industry and 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 the the uh, regulations got so stringent that it was it made absolutely zero sense for mcdonald's to continue to list on the chicago stock exchange when they already had to do all these regulations uh that the new york stock exchange was the biggest one that was already doing it so like the the more stringent and stringent it got it just made more sense for people to stop listing on these smaller state levels and just list on the new york stock exchange convert and also in addition to the earlier argument i was making where they turn the average american saver into the average american gambler i.e putting their money in a stock exchange they have to they have to bail them out. They have to. They, they're the ones who did this. It's like yes, yes. so has- that's
2: that's the thing that if 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 it would be it would be totally untenable to just say, all right, we're done as the government. We wash our hands, and whatever happens to the stock market happens to the stock market. You know, because it's it's. I mean, it's you know the military industrial complex. That's why the military industrial complex will always exist. Because if we were truly, you know, is this is this insanely powerful country with so much money and resources dedicated to the military. If we were to decide, you know what, that's it. We're done. We're we're going to we're going to be we're going to be pacifists. We are we got our nukes. So don't come after us because we got the nukes. We'll nuke you. But don't come. And we're not going to come fuck with you either. I mean, how many people would be out of a job? Like it, like an insane amount of people would be out of a job.
3: Maybe, maybe. Um but, like, my general point there was Larkin Rose's point of, I think it was Sam somebody I can't remember. Like, the line is, the, go- the government will break your leg and then give you a crutch to walk around in. So, like, they they cause the problem, and then they go, oh, but now we got to bail, bail out, you know, Wall Street or the big banks. It's like, it, it, you're the one who did this. Like, you're – so it's not like, you know, like from a Liberty Bro perspective or something, they're saying, like, businesses – are the uh, greatest you know some some liberty bros will say this but like that li- li- businesses aren't to blame here or uh you know like that g- that government is solely responsible it's like they're both responsible in this in this racket you know the, in the, the military uh the military it seems like their racket is pretty obvious like attack countries that can't defend themselves or in this case, like uh, one case, like uh, uh, help Ukraine with the old weapons that no one's going to buy anymore, send it to whoever these countries. So these people go and they fight and they die. And then they, but they get rid of all their own inventory for billions of dollars. And I yeah. think that's like their new, their new racket. I don't think it helps America, like the economy and jobs as much as you're giving it credit for. I also think that's a myth, uh, an economic myth that war is good business. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, cause it doesn't produce anything. So like, for example, if like, if, if like turning the economy into world war II, right? Like supposedly that got us out of the depression. Like if we, if we just make a bunch of like, what happens to Weapons of war, right? They get blown up, <laughs> or or obsolete. So, like, okay, well, then if that was true, we could just turn America into this huge war economic engine, like World War II. Then take all the uh, weapons, give them to the Elon Musk, and let him shoot them off into the space, right? And just you know, you go did. off and and, to, and we'd all be rich. But of course, that wouldn't happen, right? So, like, it's a fallacy that just building weapons of war makes america rich like that that didn't happen because otherwise we could just print we just blow them off the bottom of the ocean or whatever right just sink all the all the ships that we will just build ships and sink them for more coral reef in australia whatever but like of course that wouldn't make any money you're not making anything you're not producing anything so like that that wouldn't work so like i think they like to use that the military industrial complex likes to use that, 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 that fake truth to sell more of this. You're saying, you're saying, you're
2: saying I actually, as a lib, I've actually bought the line hook, line and sinker that because I, I would have a bleeding heart for all these theoretically unemployed people that I'm actually perpetuating the military (laughs) industrial complex.
3: I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about this earlier today about the, the um, Iraq war. In China, and like, how fucking dumb we were for being swindled into this. And which, by the way, we're still there. I
2: I want it on the record that I was like fucking nine or whatever, and I still knew the Iraq War was a terrible idea. I want, I just, I need that on the record that I, even as a kid, I was like, something is not right here.
3: <laughs> I bet if you were twenty, you would have been like, dude, bro, I'm thinking about signing up, man. I'm no chance, up,
2: no. no chance, dude. I, my my parent, that is one. <laughs> Uh, value my parents instilled on me so young was like war. War is fucked up. You can't. We can't be. We can't be out here fighting wars to get petroleum. Not. Not allowed. Well, the, they were right,
3: but <clears throat> the, the the lie that that they told us too was right. We're bringing democracy to the Middle East. Like they've been. They've been trying to sell this for fucking thirty years now. We're bringing dem- democracy to the Middle East. We're gonna you know transform this area. Think about. Think about Iraq and how horrible the women are treated there and gay people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? They were selling this war from all, the, from all angles. And I was just thinking about China, right? As like, there's a lot of China hawks out there now. And it's like the idea that we could do this in China, right? Like, just just, just like, like, forget about the, the, the military aspect. Let's just say we won a, a, a really quick and easy war against China. The idea like that the Chinese people, would just become westernized exactly how the Biden administration or the Trump administration, whoever, would want you know more or more like the Bush administration is probably more accurate. Like that, the Chinese people would just be like, "Okay, that's it. We're we're gonna do this now." It just seems like so far fetched to me. Do you, do you feel that that that's the same way? There, my uh, uh or No one's like-
2: even. No one has even proposed such a thing. Yeah, like super far fetched. It's because. But- I mean, you know, it's kind of like institutional racism. Like we view these people who live in the Middle East as like they would just be so grateful to have our guidance, you know, of because we're obviously such a sterling example of of a great functioning democracy here in, right. uh, in the United but States. You, yeah. You can
3: argue that it's if you really were racist with that, and that's the reason you thought it would work in Iraq, I think you can argue the other side too, like because you're so racist, you think these people wouldn't be capable of even d- managing their own democracy.
2: Right, so like you could go either way. Well, with that's the that's thing. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You can sell that belief if if your populace thinks that these brown skinned people in the Middle East would just have no clue, so they need us. I know, but you're, you're you're,
3: I'm arguing the other side. You're saying that they have no clue, so they need us, and we could do it. I'm saying they have such like this other racist side. You could say they're just so barbaric that it would never
2: work. Like they would just oh, eventually. Sure. That they right. that these like, people need a king or whatever.
3: Yeah, whatever. However, you want to, you know, you could just use so but it but like I, I think and, and also you could be racist towards Chinese people. Like, so like I don't buy the racist argument. I just think like people bought the propaganda, hook, line, and sinker, and no one's really even like mentioned that. Like, hey, hey, by the way, you remember that whole we're gonna bring uh democracy to the Middle East, bullshit. Um like would that work in China would that work, you know? And I don't know. There's really no other. Not it, too well. Many definitely.
2: It definitely. It definitely wouldn't. Right. Like I don't think. I don't think that would be an argument that you could. You could sell to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy to think that. But we just. I. I don't know why that what? is though. I, I. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know why that is. I. I want to go back to Bitcoin for a second yeah. here, which is that uh, a new FUD that I expect people to be uh, spreading soon um, is that. To control Bitcoin, you you could you just could control the hash power. So you can't you can't fuck with the code. You can't you can't go into the code and start stealing people's Bitcoin or whatever. But theoretically, with the amount of resources that the U.S. federal government has, they could buy enough computing power to control all of the the hash power, which would mean that they could. I guess it, now again, I am not a technical person, but I think that means if you control enough of the hash power, you can fundamentally start to change the code. You, you can change the chain itself, I I believe. Yeah. Which I, I think is the genesis of the um the the block size wars back in in 2017, the 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 Bitcoin cash versus Bitcoin core uh argument or whatever, you know, the the actual the actual on-chain discrepancy. But that's uh that's the FUD I'm hearing from ETH people which is that uh you know you you can't you couldn't do that with ethereum you you just, for ethereum you just have to buy 51% of the supply
3: i i wish i had the computer knowledge to
2: debunk it or or prove it's true no no it's definitely true i, I that that doesn't need debunking it is it's de- it's definitely true like it, that that is how it works but it would i mean even for the United States federal government, that would be quite the undertaking. I mean, the hash power is so spread out all across the world. All these different political bodies who are at odds with each other, like it, like it's so, so spread out that it, like it would require a crazy amount of money. And And I think timing too. I don't even think it's necessarily just money. I think you would have to, again, if you're listening to this and you're yelling because I'm wrong, whatever, I'm sorry. But my understanding would be is it would kind of have to all happen Simultaneously, you'd have to kind of take all the hashing power at once um, because of the difficulty adjustment. I believe
3: I I conflated two conspiracy theories. I think the, the you know the one where uh, just the, the superpowered super powered AI cracks
2: Bitcoin that that seems less possible based on my understanding that that the quantum computing needed to um, you know start cracking keys and things like that that's i mean like again don't get me wrong we are so in the beginning of like deep quantum computing and artificial intelligence like who knows maybe seven years from now the united states federal government will just be able to take my little wallet and be like throw it into a fucking robot and the robot will just solve it immediately like it's totally possible
3: yeah i mean there is also once we get to that stage like wouldn't this superpower? ai solve like a lot of world's problems
2: too you know where would bitcoin even
3: be needed at that point it Depend,
2: depends on today depends on your uh depends on your point of view buddy you know and what who, i'm saying who's controlling it yeah are what are you uh are you an ai truther are you pro ai are you anti you know are you wanting us to go back to like tolkien like we live in the woods and we drink stream water where, oh. where are you at on that yeah
3: going back to the woods would be i think uh help quite a bit of people uh the problem with the woods is food and shit like that the problems we solved in the 1800s uh if we can combine those things yeah i think that would probably be good i I talked about it on our last lulls quite a bit um because the open ai thing was still a little bit hot you know about the sam um, sam altman yeah sam bankman altman getting uh booted and then and then coming back
2: but now but now he's back right he's
3: back yeah he's back I, I I think it is a, I, I sent you this message, actually, when Elon released Grok, or I don't remember what, what I sent you, but like, the, when the biggest critic of the doomsday, uh, AI doomsday, you know, prepper is the guy who, and then he, and then six months later, releases his own AI project um, on premium that you have to pay for uh like i i mean i i can't help but be so cynical you know that it's like uh, the whole it's the same story over and over again that these guys just want their piece of pie and so they need regulation to come in because then then they could siphon off their competition from ai and so what do they use they use the boogeyman they use terminator you know and so like it's just the same story over and over again like if he was that scared would he be developing his own possible end to humanity? Um, I don't.
2: I don't really believe that. Hardly. Um, I don't really believe that anyone is actually afraid of AI, like taking over the the world. I, I've yet to hear like a really good critique of artificial intelligence that explains what, why, like, is the AI going to be so stupid that they want to wipe out the people who would like feed it information?
3: You know. It's, I mean, it's Sam Harris talk, talks about a lot. I don't, I don't listen to him much anymore, but he had the, the paperclip theory. So like, if you tell AI that you want the cheapest paperclips, right? It'll take this mundane task and ruin humani- humanity by going, well, if I want the the cheapest uh, uh, things, I'll need to mine all the world's aluminum or something, right? Or sure. or I, if I get rid of half the humanity, you know, this will solve this problem or something like that. If I get rid of all other projects, you know, whatever. Like, it, it'll just take it to such an extreme that um, uh, it'll it it could it could ruin humanity. There's a whole bunch of other uh, doomsday scenarios. I I also here's another uh, another thing you I think you'll like a very liberal point of view on this, where if this was uh, a job that replaced ditch diggers instead of the jobs that most likely will replace, which is what lawyers, accountants like all sorts of podcasters
2: uh esoteric uh, economic uh esoteric fantasy football podcasts no that they'll never be those they'll never be replaced those are well i've gone i've gone both ways on this like one like could a well-trained ai do my job yes but i think ultimately um what i enjoy about podcasts is like the people and the personalities and like the ai can't replace that you know
3: Yeah. It'll be tough. Also to like, you know, it's not AI, right? It's a language model and off of shit. We all wrote on the internet, right? Right. Like, so like what happens when people stop writing, what are they going to, you know? So I don't know about the creativity aspect and how, how like how they're going to leap that hurdle. Um, I think those things are way down the road and this is like not, and I use AI, I use the open AI quite a bit and it is not, Like this, this, like, uh, what is that called? Uh, The key, you know, the key that fits every door. Like it's, it's not, it doesn't, it's not that great yet. Like, it's cool. It's impressive. It's way better than Google. Don't get me wrong. But like, we're no danger at all. And so like, if, I think if, if this was going to take out a bunch of jobs that didn't matter, they'd be all fucking for it. And they wouldn't be talking about
2: um don't insinuate the ditch diggers don't matter buddy my dad always told me when i complained about school or college he'd say the world always needs ditch diggers and you know what he's right the world will always need ditch diggers listen
3: i'm on the side of the ditch diggers i'm i'm saying from their point of view the these these doomsday regulationists um i doubt they give a shit about ditch diggers um and so like i don't know why my uh camera keeps going out but i'm still here um so like yeah that's my point of view is i think they're you it's 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 not a danger right now of course there's a 0.1 percent chance an asteroid could come and destroy us all you know like there's always there's always something that could happen i think the genie's out of the bottle that like you know china might do it regulation here is pointless so like either way uh it's gonna happen and um uh, uh, I think the regulation is purely based on these guys trying to corner their little piece of the pie, um, and they're using it. Maybe some of them are earnest. I know you don't think any of them are, but maybe some of them are. But I think deep down, though, they're still trying to make a buck off of it.
2: Very, very few uh, people have gone broke betting on uh on on people not being earnest in in the history of uh you know the modern Western world, right? If you just if you just and I've become i become so poisoned in that way because I used to think people were earnest all the time. It's really your fault. It's it's COVID and it's your fault for for uh, just discovering that so few people in the world are are earnest and really mean what they say. It's a real bummer actually to have that uh, that worldview. It's very it feels very poisonous. I, I don't enjoy it. I
3: mean, I I just don't think
2: in this case it matters
3: whether they are or aren't, right? Like so, like even if. Elon Musk is earnest, like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like he's going to try to get it regulated and and also make his own product. So like whether he's earnest or not, this is, this is what's going to happen. Altman's going to keep going. Um, Those effective altruists, man, those are some weird, weird folks. They're the ones who got him fired, even though he himself is one just in a different camp.
2: Um, That's some uh, effective altruism. That is some weird shit. That is uh, not, not on board, not on board with that. I mean no, that just I, it's kind of it just sort of born out of that whole culture I hate, you know, the the tech bro entrepreneur were built angel round. I just hate I don't know, man. I just have such a distaste for all that shit. I, I I I as I I mean, I'm very old now at 31. I just become so much more of a a, a hater of of things like that. New new is not always better to me, you know. Yeah. The, I, I
3: listened to him in the beginning um, just from like, I like the, let us let me hear the theory. Like what's, what's like your point. And I think in practice it's turned out to be pretty, pretty fucking
2: bad. Um, Well, bad, because, bad pub for Mr. Bankman Freed for, for effective altruism. Right.
3: And like, wh- why are all these guys on all these boards? Like if you're like an effective altruist, shouldn't you be just like trying to generate your money? And I, th- I thought the whole idea was like, just keep what you need to survive. And everything else should go to the best charity that you could find that does the most good. Like, why are you on uh, uh, FTX's board and open board and like all these huge billion dollar companies boards. And it's like just to direct them in the right way. And th- this is like a truth I think is, is accurate is like the, the people who are the, like the loudest virtue signalers are like usually the worst fucking people. The people, you know what I mean? Like even, even on the other side, you know, like like people who like would criticize gay, gay stuff, gay marriage or whatever, like it turns out they're gay or something, right? You know, like that sort of thing. <clears throat> I think it's the same thing. With this type of effective altruism guy, like where it's like, no, you need to, you know, the the,
2: the ethical thing to do
3: is the to ethical give up. the
2: ethical thing to do would be to make as much money as possible, however uh, by any means necessary, and then uh, and then give it all away, but only after you've uh, got a nice, you know, beach house in the Bahamas first, because to be effectively altruistic, right. I need to be as comfortable as possible, obviously. Right, you know? and
3: it feels like that was a change too. It's like I thought it was you give it away every year. That's what I read or listened to the, the main guy who was on the board of FTX. I listened to him on a a few podcasts back in the day. I thought it was like, you're supposed to save like 65,000 a year for your living expenses. And every other penny goes away to certain charities that are provably effective. And it's like, then that morphed into, well, no, you can be rich until you die. And then you got to give up (laughs) and then you got to give up all your money.
2: Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's okay. That's a bit of a change. That's pretty good for you. Okay, so this is kind of related, but Ricky D was on, uh, came on with me like a month ago, and his whole his deal, which I find fascinating, is like finding meaning in life while this is what we do for a living. You know, uh, gambling. Uh, you, I mean, you more so than me. I'm just a dirty tout. You know, I, I, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get paid even if the picks are bad, right? So i, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you that question. If that's ever something that uh, that pulls at your brain like all, all day. Uh, you sit at a computer and find ways to divorce fools from their from their money. It does. It
3: does. Um, but more generally speaking, than just about me, like I, it pulls at me from like uh from like men, like like you know young men, young, young men lonely in general, men. Sure. and what what's their place in this world nowadays? <clears throat> I think about it a lot because this will happen to you too. I think when you get when you get in your 40s, like friends start dying, you know, and committing suicide and stuff like you know, that can happen at at any age. But um, like, if you look at the numbers, like, the vast majority of like suicides are from like one demographic, and it's like 40 to 50 year old white men. It's like 70% of them or something. It's like insane. And so like that is, you know, I, I, you know, I'm I'm from Chicago, so I have, you know, minority friends, but I have a lot of white friends, you know, growing up and stuff too. So, and I see, um, you know, they're not, a lot of them are not happy. And, and I look back on what were we taught and was it right? And I think, I think it wasn't. And I think, you know, in like two, two 2015 or 2016, like my whole, I was a gigantic lib, right? I was, I was working for the a liberal government in a liberal state, <clears throat> you know, a liberal my whole life and, um, and now I'm the complete opposite <laughs> and, sure, and, um, and I think, you know, part of the reason is because a lot of what I was taught, not necessarily by my parents, but just by the world at writ large was bullshit. And uh the role of men and what you know how we're supposed to behave and what we're supposed to do. And it was a very like gluttonous time. Um back then. It was okay. I, I mean noticed this when I was younger. It was like it's like okay to kind of be a loser. All the stars sure. on TV of men were like Homer Simpson, Kirk Cobain. Hey, don't call know. Kurt Cobain a loser. I know you love him. I know you love him, but um you know drug addicts and um the role models weren't there um and this idea of happiness being kind of like you just don't need, just get to a place where you don't need anybody that was kind of what it was so that's like
2: that's sort of it's sort of interesting you would say that because while you were talking i was kind of thinking of this stuff that i'm into which is like uh you know marcus aurelius and Frederick Nietzsche and like, you know, lifting weights and being really strong and being really um, being really disciplined and and uh, not needing things outside of yourself. And I was thinking of those two things as being very distinct, but you, you're sort of saying that it's the same, that that uh, actually being undisciplined and or, or saying that that leads down a, a bad path, that being that being self-reliant is is bad is is not going to lead you to to a joyous place
3: i'm yeah i'm saying being by yourself is not going to lead you to uh, 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 generally speaking not going to lead you to being in a good place when you're older and yeah and really the things that you would have thought of when you were five are actually the things or like that they would have said you know 100 years ago are actually the things that will make you happy which is family and kids and they give you a purpose. And, um, you know, somebody like Ricky D, you know, I, I think it's also hard to separate when you are not, when when you have kids like Ricky D and you have wealth like Ricky D to kind of separate, like, what would I be like if I didn't have those things? You know, um, I'd be interested uh, to hear his thoughts, but like, um, like if you're a guy like, and you're single without kids when you're 50, you're probably pretty fucking miserable.
2: Yeah, I think it's just that. Simple. I mean that 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 is that is literally just science, though. You know, we are we are creatures built for but connection. Th- th-
3: there was nothing in the 80s and 90s that would lead you to that conclusion.
2: Well, to kids the are kids the are the learning. Opposite. Kids. What's so funny is that kids are learning more now about. You know feelings and relationships and caring about other people and having people care for us, but they're they're just as lonely as ever because of phones. You know, basically because uh, kids are just screen zoned all the time. They all their friends are online. I mean, a lot of my friends are online. You know, I spend a lot of time of my day uh, sitting at my desk, and some days maybe the only per well a lot of the times the only person I'll see is my wife. You know, if I'm not, I, I guess I see people at the gym or whatever, but like, that is, that is my primary social interaction most days. Probably another reason
3: why podcasts are so popular is because it's a pseudo relationship. Well, it's, it's parasocial. Yeah. Yeah. Like you feel like, you know, that person.
2: Yeah. No, like, even
3: if I never talked to you, like I would listen to your pod, if I listen to your podcast, like every single one, I'd feel like I knew you, you know, and they kind of do, but it's just one-sided. And it's not reality, like you're not going out and you're not, but the young, the young problem is almost like a, a whole nother topic, right? Like, I think there it's, it's really tough to be young, Um, especially the, uh, the dating situation is, is insane for these, these kids, like, um, you know, the dating apps, like, uh, you know, 15% of the top 15% of men get like 80% of the dates. So like oh, that's vast, some
2: real, that's some real incel culture. Uh, it's not, it's not incel right culture.
3: There. It's, it's, it's just, it. it's just what the data says from every single dating app. Right. It's like, I,
2: I believe it, but that's a real Andrew Tate uh, looks maxing black pilled talking point or whatever. And I'm not, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a fucking solution to it. I, I, uh, been with my wife for a decade now. Like I don't know what the fuck it's like out there. Uh, yeah. You know, I got I got no clue. I bet it's miserable. It doesn't sound fun to me. Right. I didn't really like dating when I was doing it. You know, it's like I I have always uh, preferred to have a, a partner. You know,
3: right? Right? Because relate like relationships when you have like a decent amount of them. There's a lot of crazy fucking people out there, right? Like it can like you have to be a real. Like, I remember like one of my buddies was just, he was just like really good with women. And I think it was because he was Mexican and he was like, had this machismo culture. And so like, he just wasn't going to put up with anything. You know what I mean? It's This might sound bad to like a liberal person, but like- it, like, he, like Yeah, you're
2: getting like, canceled right now.
3: Yeah, like a good luck. Uh, but like, he just, it, it just, it, relationships just worked much more smoothly for him. Like he would just, you know, break up with him if it didn't you know wasn't going the way he wanted and things like that but it, like for young people it's really hard to just navigate that situation and you add in the internet and all these problems they also don't know anything like i don't know what the like general tests show these days but like they don't know anything about culture like american culture you know before 2010 like they don't know who i love lucy is right they don't know who fucking Elvis is right they don't know who the Beatles are like shit like that I know the Beatles are English but still you get my point so like that's like a whole that's like a whole nother no another issue I'm talking about more like 30 to 40 but I still think the solution for them would be the same too it wouldn't be oh bro you gotta fucking you know Andrew Tate and get all these bitches you know and then they have them <laughs> have them make money for you and then you just sit back in your lambos or shit like that yeah. or like or like like the new the new glory thing of like becoming a big youtube or something like that like none of that shit's going to make him happy.
2: This is real uh this is uh real jordan peterson stuff, you know, that uh the home the home is where you you make yourself whole. Uh I mean, I I I fucking hate jordan peterson. I think he's uh think he's a real loser, but I I do think there is something in the water i don't know what it is something that there is a real hunger for a return to tradition right of of the nuclear family and that it just feels societally it feels like impossible for for a lot of reasons and i mean honestly at the end of the day uh it does come down to the internet like the the internet is going to go down in human history is the biggest poison chalice of of all time you know has given us so many amazing things, uh, really does make life so much easier. Uh, whatever. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not fucking treading new ground here, explaining how uh, transformational the internet has been. And it's also not new ground that the internet uh, has made modern life, you know, insanely complex, right? And it's just... I, I feel like ultimately what it is is that technology has outpaced the human brain and body's ability to adapt and evolve, you know? And so we are just that yes. we're just at a real lurching time in human history right now, I think is what it is.
3: I agree hundred percent. We can't evolve this fast. Like if you look at like 1880, let's say, let's say 1880, 1880 and any time before that was pretty damn similar, right? Like kind of, like, I know, like, you could make some, like, big examples of, like, no, 1880s, nowhere near, like, you know, 50 BC or something like that. But, like, basically, people kind of grew up, they all worked on a farm, or they starved, or both. <laughs> you know, that's basically what was your, your options were. There was not a plethora of, you know, what white-collar jobs to be had by anyone up until 1880. This, I was thinking about this with, like, kind of like the feminism movement. In the '60s, you know, all the way leading up to now is like, like, well, look at the '50s, like, look at, look at the women were just homekeepers, you know, they, they, uh, uh, you know, they couldn't go to college and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, well, like, just before that, we were all working on the farm, like, just before that, there was no cars, there was no planes, like, what did you fucking want? They were just fucking going. They were just trying to figure out this crazy, these crazy new technologies, and live, you know, a normal. There was like probably you know, 10 years of this. And then they're like, this is the worst thing in the fucking world. It's like, well, it was just totally different. Uh, Like we advanced so fast. And now it's the same, you know, another gigantic leap in the way humans interact with the internet. Like what, I mean, what do you expect? Like, like no one knows what the fuck's going on or how to handle this. They're not prepared, right? So we have all these fucking movements popping up to somehow like grasp their head, you know, wrap their heads around it. But like, the, like of course, I don't have any fucking answers here. But like, really, the only thing I see in my age group and around my age group within, you know, 10, 15 years is the guys who aren't married are not happy. And a lot of them convince themselves that they're, they be, they're still way better off than being married. Yeah. And I think it's from propaganda from the 80s and 90s in early 2000s. And they can't even see
2: i mean there's situations. still there's still women hating propaganda that exists now though like you know the 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 trope of the the nagging wife or whatever like that still yes. exists that's that's true
3: it's it's and it, i'm not saying this is an easy sell like yeah if you i mean shit if you had told me you know 10 years ago hey brian here's your point of views i'm like that's not me <laughs> that's that is not me i do not believe that um and i'm not i'm divorced so you know like uh you know it's not like i have a leg to stand on here i'm really just hypothesizing um uh but yeah i think kids and if if you're the very least married um but preferably like even you i would say you guys should have kids now and you'll be a lot happier
2: i mean that, like, so, I mean, obviously, I would be very hesitant to prescribe uh, fatherhood or motherhood to anyone. Um, it's it's kind of like, I I find myself cringing on both sides of this argument that's fought online. I find myself uh, cringing very hard to people who are, like, child-free and proud, you know, like that. It's like, well, yeah, sure, I mean, like, no one should have kids if they don't want to, and I don't think everyone is is born to be a parent. Or whatever but then uh uh, also the everyone needs to have 11 kids and we need to populate the earth with our offspring and the whole point of life is uh is to be a parent you know i think i think that is reducing humanity down to two base of an element which is like to fulfill our biological function because clearly well maybe not clearly but what i would argue is there's like more to sentience than uh passing on our our genetic coding or whatever so I, I find I find both arguments of the parenting stuff cringe as fuck. You you,
3: you, you, you had a couple things there, like you were using extreme examples, right? Like, yes. Which which you know, of course, I'll because that's, that's the internet. I'll, I'll I'll hand wave away the extreme examples, but then also the idea there at the end, I kind of disagree with you, where you don't want to simplify, you know, humanity to just having kids. I don't. I think I would. I think I think and I think that's right. Like, I think it's a little narcissistic not to think that. Like. If this was 1860, me and you would not be special. We would just be dudes working on a farm. You know what I mean? Like not everyone should like sacrifice the solitude of no family and wife to 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 like lead this existential life. You know, like that seems like very narcissistic to to presume that most of humanity would do. I think I think really. That's exactly what the vast majority of people um, are is to, uh, would be happiest by, which was our initial question, is to fulfill their biological, um, uh, evolutionary, biological uh, tendencies.
2: Yeah, like, there's but a then, reason. I mean, but, there's but a then, reason. Like millions of in... years
3: of biology happen.
2: Yeah, but then you get into the argument of like, okay, well, what even really is happiness? You know. And, and then you get into a larger well, argument. that's what we're having things. though that's what we're talking about yeah I I mean I guess I'm not a parent so I can't say you know i right. I, I i'm not I'm not in a position I mean but like if this ask- was the 1930s or 40s like you'd already have kids for sure
3: yes and well there's contraception so it's a little bit different but like even in the 60s you would you would have had kids by now in the yeah. 70s you would have had kids by
2: now and and probably probably up until the seventies, yeah.
3: Up until the seventies, and then then the propaganda ch- switched somewhere in that mid seventies, early eighties period to something completely different. Um. And, and I and I see the facts before you because I'm older than you, and I see and I you know obviously this is a little bit of a fallacy argument from authority here, but like I know I mean it's anecdotal too, but like. I don't know. I see, I see, I, you know, I still, I have a lot of friends who I've been friends with for 30 years, you know, and, you know, and I could tell, <laughs> I could tell which ones are happier, even though they won't, they can't tell it themselves just because I could kind of like s- see the difference between this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. And they might think they're happy because they don't have any responsibilities and kids, but I could see like, they're not. And like, it's, it's hard too, because like, um it's just hard to see in the moment of having kids and like taking care of them. And all this shit is like, it's so much work and all that stuff. Like right. you can't really tell that it's actually giving you meaning. It's, it gives you such a, it gives peace. you such
2: a purpose. You, you never, you never have to um, wake up and wonder what your purpose is. Like you, you, you yeah. know, and that's, I think that's the bare minimum. I
3: think men, I think men writ large too. we need, we need purpose we need
2: well i mean that's not just specific to to men like women need a purpose too that's not okay but let me let me just focus on men
3: i'm not i'm not making a declaration about women at all um like we were designed to like dig ditches and kill people you know what i mean like we're not we were not designed to work at uh google you know like um this this rapid technological change, I think on average, now I will bring women back into it, is worse for us than bio like evolution or biology speaking. I mean, I don't have any evidence to back that up, but I'm sure there is some. like I think I think the changes are worse for us and and men have very little meaning and purpose um, using their evolutionary skill skill advantage. unless the MMA blows up, you know, uh to the biggest thing on the planet. <laughs> and everyone does it. Uh like I, I think I think, you know, a lot of men have um no way to satisfy. Like uh what was what was that Uh, what was that uh Ed Norton movie Why Can I Not Think Fight Club? Like the most Fight Club. so fucking popular. Yeah. Great movie. Like there there there's like I bet a lot more of that stuff, if these like more artistic movies are going to be made, anyways. Who knows? That's a complete different topic. I bet a lot of that type of shit will be made.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can trying to find like male meaning. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, there are a lot of a lot what I have to think about it more, but like some aspects of uh, that I disagree with, but what I do agree with is that. There clearly is a search for meaning, obviously because we haven't even hit on the key point as to what has changed so much now from a hundred years ago in terms of man's search of meaning, which is that we are not a religious society anymore. Yeah. That people have found uh, the Abramic religions, uh, 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 Abrahamic whatever, yeah, uh, uh, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam to be wanting that that is just not it's not filling uh, a hole in in people anymore. Although you really should read Tom Holland's book, Dominion, uh, which is basically just uh, sort of a very well thought out, very convincing argument that basically everything that exists in Western society now can be filtered to the advent and integration of Christianity in the Roman Empire back in the day and then spreading out into, you know, because there's a real clear demarcation into how humans uh, in Western society uh, existed. Uh, before and after Christianity's, you know, widespread popularity across, uh, you know, the entire the entire Western world. And uh, so even if you're even if you're not a Christian, we live in a very uh, governed by the laws of Christianity society. I mean, being a lib, yeah. being a lib is is just uh jesus's teachings you know theoretically obviously kind not of. not in sure. practice but you know uh the the last shall come first the we the meek shall inherit the earth all of that the yeah. the idea of value in being facile you know no being... no rich no rich man will get in
3: the heaven um sure. the, yes. yeah i mean just broadly i would say like we're christian like me and you specifically just like white dudes who grew up you know in the midwest are like just kind of generally Christian values, Christian sure. value people. Uh, yeah, even though the amount of times me and you both went to church, you probably count on one hand. I mean, I'm I'm speaking for myself here, but um, so like I, I completely agree with pretty much everything you just said there. Yeah, and I bet that happened too around the same time, the mid seventies. I bet the I bet I bet you could see the drop in, in- church appearances and. People self-identifying, et cetera, et cetera, around that that time period, and um, I could see again. I could see a lot of people getting a lot of value going to church. I used to be a big atheist. I no longer am. I'm more, I guess, agnostic or just
2: like um, uh, uh, r- religious curious. <laughs> like um, it's, should, it's hard for you should, me. You should get into you should get into Buddhism. It's uh, it's it's the best way to admit that the world and the universe is larger than you without um you know having to buy into a book with a lot of crazy fantastic i mean obviously there are is a book with lots of fantastic tales and buddhism but you don't have to believe in any of it to get the the benefits
3: I, i've read a little bit about it
2: that the the appeal to me is more like community and being around like-minded
3: people and so like I'm not sure that would work in the Buddhist yeah, community. No. Uh and and I think it would in like certain Christian maybe sections, but like I don't know. It's it's really hard for me the way I was, you know, raised and whatnot to get into it. But like I, I get it. Now I get it. And also too, like I was never um exposed to smart religious people I, I mean that sounds kind of crazy but like intellectual like there's actually a lot of smart religious people the, who write great books and like uh, I, you know as I'm saying this this probably sounds crazy to some people like yeah of course dude but like when you grow up a huge liberal atheist like you never like you don't you don't respect the, their point of view um all sorts of things and um, I I think for sure, you know, you know, Jonathan Haidt's book um, was "The Righteous Mind" or whatever. His his thesis is we evolved with religion, co evolve and that if you get rid of one of these, it will be replaced by another. And I think his, I can't remember, but I think his contention is we replace Christianity with wokeism.
2: Well, I, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not co-signing that because wokeism is just a further evolution of the the basic tenets of Christianity, which is you know all all people should be valued equally whatever um, well there you go you could call it protestant
3: protestant uh, is, um, well okay it's just a,
2: a variation i, I think you. i think technology is the i i think technology is the bigger thing that we all worship now
3: yeah but i think doesn't doesn't religion include some sort of faith element yeah you i guess faith. you can have
2: faith in you that have faith technology you have faith will in solve all the world's problems or that there will always be something new to watch or what, you know, just whatever.
3: Yeah. 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 I think the, I think technology like um, gave us so much content that you just don't have to think about any of this stuff. Like you could just constantly yeah, yeah, watch and constantly entertain.
2: Yeah. The real opiate of the masses is your iPhone. Not, not religion. Right. you know, the famous, the famous quote or whatever. Sure. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I mean I, I how this all plays out to me is scary
2: but also fascinating. Um I mean yeah, know. we we live so you and I are of the age where we will get to see the the ultimate effects of a lot of this. We you know kids being born right now will never live in a world where they didn't have a screen in their face all the time, you know. And and what is that going to mean? Who knows. Probably a lot yeah. of idiots.
3: And just everyone being able to communicate at all times. Like, I mean, you could, you could, there's a lot of positives too though, right? Like sure. they, they can't, they can't lie and hide anymore, right? Like we talked about, you know, at the very beginning of this, where I was saying like, we like, we saw what the fifties looked like. We didn't really see what the 18, 1880s looked like. You know, we're not really like, we have an ideas in our head for movies and some paintings, but we really didn't, don't know. Um. So like, it's all, it's all from like here on forward, it's all going to be captured like the war crimes right like the sure like a lot of criminal activity like especially in major cities you see in chicago like crimes constantly being caught on video and stuff like that so like um in theory it should be more transparent um i you know i guess that's a good thing but the trade offs i'm not sure i mean i i mean we've talked about this you know 10 minutes ago but if we went back to a, a Christian country where people, uh, you know, the you know, or it's like the 1950s or something like that, where there wasn't the internet, but people didn't all have to work on a farm, you know, name your decade, they'd probably all be a lot happier on average.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, probably if you went up and 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 you worked uh, 11 hours a day baling hay. And you came home to your wife and kids you're you're probably happier than me who doesn't do any of that shit and submits Champions League lineups on right. draftkings. you know, like that's probably yep. just true, yeah and if you if you leave out like,
3: oh well, women couldn't do x, y and Z, let's just say they had the opportunity to you threw that in there. um I think even they would be happier and like because the status quo would be you get married by twenty two and have kids. So like, you wouldn't even be caring about, you know, are you going to be a partner in the law firm? You know, cause you'd be, you'd be on your fourth kid.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. All right, man. That's probably enough of us telling everyone how to live their <laughs> lives here, here on the program. Uh, it, it's just a, it's a, it's a question I'm fascinated by, you know, like does, does what you're doing make you happy? um is there value in what you're doing or does any of it matter right you know I mean there's that's that's something that we didn't even we didn't even branch into that which is the idea that like none of it matters and this is all just absurd uh you know
3: I think the like the kind of the more interesting question and they're both they're all interesting let me rephrase that the question I think for like Ricky D would be more like given x what can you do to make yourself happy is different than this more, like I was more answering like broadly what makes people have like what I think. Be- and also I'm not telling anyone anything, you know, I'm not trying to persuade anyone. This is just the point of view I've had recently, but like what given, okay, let's say, let's say you're, you are an incel. Like, I don't, you know, I like, I, 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 I kind of hate that fucking word. Like it's just like the facts of the matter of some guys are not going to get fucking laid. Like, it's just the, just, just the way uh, women, Hyper, Hypergamy or whatever the word is where women marry want to marry or date across a up in ecchio so you know economic social status looks etc so certain guys are never going to get fucking laid like what can you know just not that guy specifically but like whatever situation you're in what is the
2: optimal gto strategy for happiness get like nine dogs and get a property in montana <laughs> Seriously, that would be my answer. If you, if you are, if you are not appealing to the opposite sex, if you're, if whatever, then yeah, I don't know.
3: I, I think that, I think the, 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 the current uh, suggestion is get jacked and try to make a ton of money.
2: I mean, Chasing uh, which money, I'm not sure that I would say would... I would say chasing money probably of, of the billion things you could do to try and be happy, chasing money probably last on the list. Like literally probably the thing that is least likely to give you true inner joy because it'll never be enough.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think and I'm not even sure. Like the getting jacked is just because you being healthy is probably good.
2: No, getting jacked, you you will feel happier. Guy, okay? that that is a stone cold guarantee. You 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 lift weights every day for three years, you are going to be uh, a brand new person inside, not, not just outside. I there's also, it.
3: there's also not just like that. A certain percentage of dudes won't get laid. A certain percentage of dudes do not have the capability to get rich and, uh, and, or like getting jacked is like really hard, <laughs> right? I mean, like me yeah, otherwise doing me doing hard talking. things
2: and accomplishing them very good for your happiness. Very good for your inside. That, that generally speaking,
3: would be, I think, good advice for this this like last minute topic here, of just doing something that's hard and accomplished. Yeah, just
2: doing doing hard shit. I mean, yeah. it could be it could be lifting weights, it could be rebuilding cars, it could playing be guitar, yeah. yeah, just like chasing easy dopamine all the time, literally just like lock you your brain wouldn't even be capable of producing the chemicals to fucking make you happy.
3: Yeah, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> I wonder if I'm capable of it. I, I right know. right
2: now, as you and I are talking, I haven't eaten in 30 hours. I'm doing a, I'm doing, a, I'm drinking, I drank my, my magnesium water right here, oh. um, lifted weights this morning. Like, I, I'm making myself do hard shit all the time because nice. I, I, I was just, so I did this weight loss bet and I was doing really hard shit during that and then I got done and I just, like, for the last month have been nothing but, like, the easiest dopamine, like, fucking video games and sugar and you know, just like the all the sort of uh you know, easiest shit I could give my brain to make because I'm like, you earned it, brother. You know, mm. you you grind, you know, and I first off I didn't earn it, you know, like that's a stupid way to view these things anyways. So now I'm I'm recon I am having to like re unfuck my dopamine receptors in my brain. Um it and, is really
3: hard to yeah. convert That motivating period, whatever it may be, a bet or just for some reason you're motivated for six months and make that just like, no, this is how I live. Like that is it's that's the hardest thing for me anyways.
2: Well, that was so Ricky D said to me, he's like, yeah, I've done the bets before, but that's like real incentivized discipline. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to to not have incentive just to just be disciplined, you know, and it's, it's so hard. Yeah, you know, even even right now, I'm like, fuck, dude. I haven't eat. I I'm good. Like, I can I I can go upstairs and go eat a fucking candy bar, whatever. You know, we we have these chocolate covered bananas that my wife buys from this <laughs> girl. Oh my god, they are so goddamn good. And I'm like, I could just go crush one of those right now. It's like 140 calories. Like, what's the big deal? No, but the deal is that you are just giving yourself whatever you want the second you want it. And there I can't think of anything more dangerous than that than just literally I want something, I get the thing. That 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 fucks your brain up so so bad to just get whatever it wants. Yeah. I I agree. I'm still trying to
3: like figure out I because I think that like the motivation, even the betting, like to agree to the betting is just random. And I think like some something people random. Like like that you get the motivation to diet for two months straight, really hardcore like I think it's just I think it's just like like random in your conscious consciousness that all of a sudden you're motivated. I don't think you can like will it I think like even the this is this is more like um you know like a free will type of type of debate, but like i I, I really don't think you can like will yourself to
2: perpetual healthy health, you know, uh, health. No, life. no, no. Your motivation will fail years before. Like, Dave, like David fails. Goggins, like David dude,
3: Goggins. I, 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 I know. I fucking
2: he... love David Goggins, which is so funny. Cause like 23 year old me is like, you're a fucking loser. You like David Goggins, like <laughs> grow up, dude. Like you have tattoos, you're a skateboarder. You're cool. David Goggins is a kook. And I'm like, yeah, now I'm 31. And I know that, accomplishing things out of discipline and not you're you are so what you're saying is agreed upon not just by people who have accomplished things but also by scientists which is that motivation will fail you all the time yeah if you are having to rely on motivation and not discipline just like i don't have an option this is what i do two very different things the things
3: he goes through to stay motivated is insane like and i don't even follow that closely but everyone like he's constantly just like recording copying tweets of people who say things he doesn't like and recording conversations and playing them back to himself as he's working out, just constantly fueling I mean, he, himself. He
2: is insane and people should not choose to try and be like David Goggins, but they should be more like David Goggins than. Right. Than then they're I, not the nineties
3: the uh, TV star, whoever, whoever that may be like the person who was like the, <clears throat> the um, influencer when I was growing up, or usually, you know, like, like back then, it was seriously like, yeah, like do a little heroin. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, sure. Yeah, you should be. You, I mean, that's another. That's another thing. By the way, if you could cut out one thing to make your life better, to make heroin? yourself happier, no alcohol. Alcohol. Oh, right. Alcohol is just there. There just is no way around it. We have all the data, all the research you could ever need. It. It is horrible for your brain and your body. Almost nothing worse. I mean, obviously, like really hard drugs would be worse, you know, heroin, meth, whatever, pills, terrible. I mean, drugs in general, like weed. I think, uh, I don't know, maybe that's just because I smoked so much weed when I was younger. But like, I weed to me, weed more passable to me than alcohol. But the the point is, is people are always searching for something outside of themselves to make yeah. themselves feel better instead of having it come from within.
3: Oh yes, one hundred percent. Like people, also this is like politically speaking, they blame everything else. They'll blame the other party or the other side or some something, uh, as opposed to like I guess I'm guilty just as much as guilty as everyone else doing that too. Yeah, instead of instead of like looking for their own solutions, I would say alcohol. Now that I don't drink that much, because I drank a lot when I was younger. Yeah. Um, the social benefits are pretty big especially nowadays
2: i go out i go out with my wife when she drinks and hangs out with her friends all the time and i don't drink i i drink a fucking diet coke it's fine it
3: could be with girls maybe
2: but with guys and they start getting
3: drunk it's annoying as fuck If you're oh
2: not, oh i mean you're... i get annoyed obviously. like of course it all becomes annoying but like i yeah. i i do not have to exclude myself from bars or whatever just because i don't drink
3: fair fair enough but there is an incentive of getting high. So like, oh, not only, well, you know what? I guess I will go to the bar tonight. I'll get a little bit drunk, right? So like that, so like it's another motivating piece for somebody to to like go, because the reason I'm bringing it up is just because there's so little human interactions now that, you know, like if this is something where that person's not going to have a problem with it, like let's say they don't even get drunk. They just have like three or four beers or something. Like that might be something like that gets them out of the house. And like these days, even something that small could be, could be useful. But like, generally, like, I agree with you from like 98% here. Like I get, I get hung over for like two, three days now. So like, that's why I don't drink. And it's like, I'm not, I don't want to feel like shit for two, three days. Like, yeah, the next morning, maybe into the afternoon, that was fine. When I was, you know, 25. Now I can't, I just can't do it. But um, yeah. So like. For the vast majority of cases, you're probably right. I'm just making that outlier case of it is a social, it's a really good social drug. You can have a lot of fun on it um, with other people,
2: which is something that
3: we lack a lot nowadays.
2: Yeah. I think that's a good place to leave people, which is that if you want to improve your life, drink less alcohol, I guarantee you, you'll like the results.
3: Yeah. Especially if you drink a lot of it.
2: Yeah. All right. Watch LOLs
0: and uh, I'll be back next week. Later, everybody.